Yo, 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 what's up, everyone? It's your man, I Do a Barber, back with another Beyond the Chair podcast. And in this podcast, we talk any and everything barbering. But today, if you looked at the title, we're talking money and we're talking barbering. So if you guys have questions, leave them in the comments. I'm sure no one's really hopped in yet. I just went live. But for those of you that are new to this podcast, you can find this on Google iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, and of course, on this YouTube channel, that is if you're actually, I guess, listening to this on this YouTube channel. I don't have the camera set up today, so you you won't get to see my pretty face, but you'll get to get some of these jewels and we can just talk about some barbering, maybe stir up some conversations, and you can just talk about anything. So if you guys have questions, feel free to leave them in the comments, even if you want me to talk about some stuff in another episode or upcoming episode i'm always up for topics and discussion and of course if you don't follow me on instagram please do it's i do it barbara what i do is i'll drop a story and i'll ask people to send me questions if there's any questions people want me to answer or if they haven't if they need any help or anything like this so today of course i took to instagram and i was fielding some questions so we're going to get to the questions. So before I actually get to the questions on Instagram, if you're ever in Dallas, I'm based in Dallas, right? I live in Dallas. If you're ever in Dallas and you want a haircut, come by. Book at idoabarber.com. Or even if you want to just stop by, say what's up. If you're one of the subscribers, for whatever reason, that there's plenty of things that I do on this channel. And if you want to just stop in and say what's up to me, I've had a few people stop in and say what's up. I've had a few people stop in to get haircuts. So whatever you want to do, go to idoabarber.com or you can just follow me on Instagram. You'll see the address and all that stuff. Shout out to everyone that's in the comments that's coming by to show some love. Clyde's best. I see you. Unemployed Mario Yamasaki. I hope you get employed again. But let me get to Instagram because I've got to answer some questions. But like I said, while I'm doing this, everyone feel free to drop some questions in the comments and I will definitely answer your questions. So as I find these questions, it's weird how Instagram doesn't sort these questions out as good as I would like them to, but it is what it is. So first question, I'll get to the first one. There's a few questions here, but like I said, if you have questions, feel free to drop them in the comments. And while you're at it, smash that like button. So the first question is, with a new shop starting with $30 cuts, what is a good commission to give as an owner? Now, I can only assume that maybe he's speaking in the perspective of an owner. Not really sure if he's asking as far as an owner or an employee. Now, of course, you know, in business, the owners, they're, for the most part, they protect their bottom dollar. Like that's one of the main things that you want to look at in business. No business goes into business to not make a profit. That's just asinine. No one goes into business to not make money. So, I mean, it, it's number one priority. Yes, you do care about your employees and other things, but you want to protect your bottom dollar. So, <laughs> and this is going to kind of sound bad to say, I'm going to give you two sides because what I'm about to say is going to sound bad, right? Because at the end, of, 
it's really going to sound bad. And I'm, I'm warning you right now. What I'm about to say sounds re- it's going to sound really bad. So if you're in the business side, and let me let me explain, give you a few examples before I'm about to say what I'm about to say. So let's say me and you, meaning me or whoever's listening, and I, you and me, we're doing a business deal. And we go into negotiations, right? And we know there's going to be some negotiations, whatever. Now, of course, each side on the business deal, they want to get everything that they want. And then they want you to take whatever that they're willing to give them, which means they want to end up with the bigger side of the stick. Now, in negotiations, that doesn't happen all the time. There's a little bit of back and forth. There's a little bit of give and take. You can't just take, take, take. You got to give a little bit and bend on certain things when you're negotiating. Now, if, if someone in business, let's say you, the person I'm talking to, we're in business and we're negotiating. And let's say you're willing to take a 10% cut of whatever this business deal is, and you're willing to give me 90%. I'm going to take that. You're going to take that in a business deal. This is why I'm trying to preface what I'm saying, because it's going to sound bad. But I'm like I said, I'm going to give you two sides of the argument. What I'm saying is this. In business, if you're negotiating something and you have a, someone who's willing to accept that deal, of course, you're going to be happy. You're going to be laughing all the way to the bank. And l- let me bring it in, in the terms of fighting, right? Because my channel is called MMA Barber Life. I talk about fighting MMA and things like that. So in, when boxers or we'll say boxers because there isn't too much negotiation as far as between each fighter when it comes to MMA, usually that's an MMA is it's done. Like each party negotiates with the promoter. It's not a, a pool that both fighters are actually eating from, but in boxing that happens more often where there's a pool that both fighters are actually fighting to get the most of. So let's say a more notable fight, let's say Mayweather McGregor. We know that's the most recent fight, biggest, most recent fight, or even Canelo triple G this fight. Now, if Floyd Mayweather would would actually have Conor McGregor accept 10% while Floyd takes 90% of the money, Floyd is going to take 90% of the money. He's not going to feel bad that Conor McGregor was willing to sign his life away for 10% of the cut. And, And that's just how it is in business. When you're looking to negotiate, you're you're looking to, to make the most. You're, you're looking to walk out of that negotiation table by having the best deal possible. Now, of course, there are other people that they're they like to be have some morals and things like that. But in business, these guys are cutthroat. These guys are cut millionaires and billionaires. They're they're killing each other to make another million, to make another billion. That's just how business works. So let's take this back to the barbershop, okay? So if you have an employee that's willing to only take 30%, you're going to take it in business when you think about it. If you, if, you, if, you, if you really just care about business and just care about your business making money, blah, 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 
you're going to take that deal. Now, now you're going to be like, what? Like, re really? That's why I said this is going to sound bad. Think about the Supercut Sports Clips Great Clips uh, model. They pay their employees hourly. I'm sure I, I've never worked there. I've talked to a few people that have worked there, but I, yeah, they do keep their tips, so, but they get paid hourly, okay? Now, they're a volume business, so they're trying to get people in and out, in and out, in and out. As we all know, or if you're familiar with those franchises, let's say you're cutting three people in an hour, right? And you're getting paid $10 an hour. That's $30. That, well, no, that's not, I'm sorry. You're getting paid $10 an hour. You're doing uh, three haircuts. Now, for those haircuts, not sure on which area, because I know the prices are different in each area, right? Let's say maybe they, um, who is it, uh, Sports Clips or Supercuts, whatever. They Let's say they charge $15. So out of that hour, they charge $45 for haircuts. You're getting paid $10 an hour from that. So let me let me bust out my calculator. I should have had my calculator on deck. But let me bust out my calculator, okay? Let me do a little uh, little math here. So if you're only take, getting $10 an hour, think about that. That's a really small percentage. If you're talking about like a commission-based shop where it could be anywhere from 50, 50, 60, 40, 70, 30, 80, 20, whatever. That's a real small percentage in the employees. Well, no. Yeah, yeah. In the employees' favor, that's a really small percentage of what you're getting. You're only getting $10 out of 45. That's a really small percentage. So you might think, wow, you're going to take, if, if, if you have a customer or employee, not to say customer, but an employee that's willing to take 20%, you're going to do that? Man, that sounds heartless. When you think about, think about this, guys. That's what Supercut Sports Clips and Great Clips is doing. That's the that's exactly what they're doing. They're giving them a very small portion. Now there are other things like they get to keep the tips, right? They get a little commission off of things that they sell, and, they, and they're making them sell it because they're like, "Yo, we're we're looking at your numbers. They're kind of low. We need you to pick it up." Blah blah blah. They're that's what they're doing. So yes, you want to really please your employees and things like that and here's the other other crazy part about it right because yeah now that we have delved a little bit deeper into that model think about it though if it's that bad why do they have so many of those franchises everywhere just in just about every city you can see some sort of iteration of that franchise model why do we see them there everywhere you go because if they're everywhere that and they're popping up, it seems almost like every month there's something, every week there's something. If they're popping up that frequently, obviously that means they're doing something right. And then two, they're actually able to find people to work in these places. So if it's that bad, how do they employ all these people? That's a question you have to ask yourself. If, if the Supercut Sport Clips Great Clips model is that bad and you feel bad that they're only getting paid 10 maybe $12 an hour then why do they have employees why are they able to open up new locations 
constantly. And these companies are making millions of dollars every year. Now, that's the bad example. So for that part of his question, let me go back to his, his, uh, his question. Let me find it here. So he was saying, what's a good commission as an owner? Like I just said, if you can get a, an employee to, to say, okay, I'm, only, I'm okay with accepting 20%, why not? Sports clips, great clips, super They're doing it. Practi- I mean, pretty much. They're, they're working your fingers to the bone. And you're getting very little, but they're getting a whole lot. So why not, right? But now let's use the other example. If you want to be fair, if you want to be honest, if you want to have integrity, right? Air quotes. You can't see me, but I'm putting up the air quotes. You can start off with, let's say, and it's all different, right? I've seen commission structures that are 50-50. I've seen 60-40, 70 I've seen them all, right? I've seen people where you can graduate up into a better commission structure where you start off 50-50, you bump up to 60-40 once you're there for a little bit, and then maybe they'll cap you out at 70-30. Or if you're lucky enough to find a place to give you 80-20, that'll be dope, right? But that's up to you, the owner. One thing I will tell you, the owner... Let me let me go back to it. Let me read this question again because I want to want to make sure I answer his question properly. And of course, if any of you have questions, drop them in the comments. We're talking barbering and money. So if you guys have questions, leave it in the comments. I actually can see the comments going right now. Shout out to everyone. Uh, I'm gonna get to you, uh, Mario Yamasaki. But what is a good commission? That is up to you. Now the thing is, like I could. I could tell you like what's a good commission, like what's fair is around 70, 30, 60, 40. Like once you start getting into it starts to become unfair when it's either 50, 50 or 80, 20 in your favor. When it's 80, 20, well, not 80, 20 in your favor, 80, 20 in the barber's favor. They're taking home more money. Essentially, you're only taking 20 percent. And they're taking 80 right? But 50-50 is unfair also in your favor because you're taking half their money. Every time they cut someone's hair, you're literally taking half their money. So a nice little sweet spot is 60-40, 70-30. still leaves you with a little bit of meat on the bones. 60-40, you could, you know, obviously you have more meat on your bones, especially if you can keep them busy. But here's the thing. Here's one way, and I don't want to say the person's name because I don't know if they want to remain uh, anonymous or not. But to this person, the key that will let you know how much you should charge for commission, and I'm going to give you a tip, and this is for anyone who who, um, is trying to get into business who plans on opening up a barbershop or not even just a barbershop. This is just business in general, right? So a lot of the things that when I speak on things, when people ask me questions, I don't, I don't like to just paint one single picture and give you that answer. I like to give you a broad scope. So it's not just something that you can only apply to one thing. I like to give you universal answers that you can apply 
to most scenarios. It's just like business. Like once you start to get business experience, it depends. But in general, it makes things a lot easier once you go into the next business. So let's say you're in the restaurant business, right? You've run this business. You know how business works. You know how employees, blah, 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 payroll, blah, blah, all this other stuff, taxes, blah, blah, blah. You understand this. Let's say you get into the tech world, right? You have business experience as far as managing people and the paperwork that's involved. But of course, in the tech world, it's going to be a totally different aspect. Yeah, you can apply some of the same principles and ideas over, but you're probably going to have a whole lot more to deal with different structures, a hell of a lot more paperwork and things like that going to the tech world. But at the end of the day, you still have that business experience. Something that would get you ahead of someone that's just getting into the tech world that's fresh, that has no experience. That's what's good about having some business experience. And that's why I like to just give people answers that aren't just, don't just apply to just one thing. So what I'm going to tell to this person is this. When you start a business and let's say in this scenario, he's starting a commission-based barbershop. What you need to do is this, and this is for anyone, whether it's commission-based, whether you're doing booth rent, if you want to do hourly, you know, hey, if you want to do hourly, if you're trying to do these businesses, here is the thing that will that will align you up for success. Engineer your business for success. Those key words right there. And I, I hope that makes sense. And I hope that I don't have to elaborate about this. I hope, I mean, for those of you that are watching, like if you understand what I'm saying, like drop a one in the comments if you understand what I'm saying by you need to engineer your business. Now, if you want me to elaborate, I could definitely elaborate and explain what I mean about engineering your business for success. Because a lot of people don't and they find themselves in trouble. Then they find themselves having to realign their business. They have to make some tweaks, changes. Then people get comfortable. Then they don't like it. Then you end up either, either people are going to conform or they're going to become extinct. And you're going to have to find a whole new crew because they're not willing to jump on board with these new ideas, which you should have had from the very beginning. But I hope you guys understand what I'm saying. I mean, you guys are pretty silent in the comments. So I'm going to assume that you know what I'm saying. If you don't understand what I'm saying, drop a two in the comments. If you don't know what I mean about engineering the business, I'm going to let me see what Mario's Yamasaki saying. He's saying, uh, how do you show your employees appreciation to keep the morale up? Uh, there's a lot of different things, a lot of different like team builder exercises and things you could do to show appreciation, right? Employees, when, you, when you're talking about employees, right? Employees like to feel appreciated. They like to hear good things. Like you have to motive, like if you're trying to be a leader, you have to be, and I, I don't want to use this word, but it, I really have to. <laughs> I don't want to use this word, but I, I really have to. 
you kind of have to put on a face, which means you have to be fake a little bit, right? You have to motivate your people. Like if you're not feeling good about something, you, you have to be the example, right? As the leader, you still have to have a smile on your face. You have to still compliment them. You have to, you still have to say good things because look, if you just go in and just tear down your employees, the morale is going to be very low. You, you, you're not going to have a good rapport, a good relationship with your employees. It just doesn't work that way. You have to respect them and treat them how you want to be treated. Now, showing appreciation, there's a lot of different ways you could do this, right? You can give them gifts. You know, what, what, what speaks to an employee, right? What, what do they think about, right? How, how they're treated at work. Like, what's the atmosphere like? Money, right? If you give them bonuses. This is a good way to, sh to uh, show them appreciation, especially if you work in a commission-based business. Uh, a little bit different with uh, commission. There, there are other ways that people do commission with uh, they, things that people do in commission where they'll give you a week off of booth rent. Or some people, they'll do a, a, a week free of booth rent per year, which is nothing. That, that's nothing. When you think about to the owner, especially if they have a bunch of chairs in the shop, a week off, that's nothing. Like, I don't see why uh, owners don't do that anyway, right? That that's that's cheap. It's it's anywhere between a buck fifty to two fifty for one week's of booth rent. Like I don't see why wouldn't you do this for your guys, right? But in the commission based bottle, like if if you're if you have a barber that's out there getting, he's actually bringing more people in, or let's say he actually cuts more people than everyone else in the shop. Why not reward him? Why not reward everyone if they're actually hidden goals? This is why it's important to look at the numbers. So if you, especially, and this is more commission-based or hourly-based things that I'm talking about, but yeah, you can offer a bonus program. This can help show their, uh, your employees some appreciation. Give them some free tools or something like, you know, give them a gift at the, uh, around the holiday time. This will this will show appreciation rather than you know in most cases with barbers you don't really get a paid vacation right I, I don't I don't even think I've seen any barber shop that gives paid vacations I mean if you guys know of one let me know <laughs> really uh, Sadiq L what's up man I see you out there in the call okay so he's he's asking me uh, to explain I'll explain here in a second about engineering the business. But yeah, showing appreciation to the customers or your, not your customers, but your employees, those are a few different ways. You know, you could take them out and do a team uh, lunch and you pay for it, right? Not, no, don't, don't just be like, oh, oh yeah, come meet us here. We're going to all have lunch. And then you have them pay for it. No, take the team out. Maybe do this once a month. Take the team out. You pay for the lunch or the dinner, whatever, the, breakfast, whatever the case may be, take them out and you pay for it. Or there may be days where you bring in lunch. You you cater a lunch every month to the shop. They don't have to go out and spend their money to do this. Because at the end of the day, if you're the owner, if you're about your bottom dollar, if you're about the business being successful, this little, and I'm using air quotes. You guys can't see me. I'm using air quotes again. It's just a business expense, right? This is a write-off. Like This isn't something that, yeah, it's coming out of your pocket at the end of the day, but it's a write-off at the end of the day. When you think about it, this is business, right? This is a business lunch. You can write this off. You can write all the mileage off if you take them all out in your car. You know, you, you can do all this stuff, the gas, all everything, 
right? Uh, blurry vision. You you must have been uh, in the MMA uh, live stream where I was talking about talking about uh, Popeyes and Raising Canes. You know I don't mess with that KFC. But uh, so yeah, I hope that answered your question, unemployed uh, Mario Yamasaki. I still have a couple more questions on Instagram, but I'm gonna actually answer. What was this? Uh, Sadiq L's question. So he said, "I don't know what you mean by engineering your business for success." Please explain. So, if you if you're just tuning in, I was talking about some of the problems that people have. This was actually an explanation of uh, a question that I had on Instagram about what is a good commission as an owner to give the employees as an owner. Now I told him there, there's a nice little sweet spot, but at the end of the day, what I explained was you need to engineer your business to find out the exact number, because here's a problem that a lot of people come into in business, like especially small business. Well, Cause this happens a lot in small business. They don't engineer the business. And what I mean by that is, what, think about what engineers do. Let me, let me look up the definition wh while we're at it. Let me look up the definition of an engineer. Because I don't know the actual dictionary definition of an engineer, but we're going to find it today. So a person who designs, builds, or maintains engines, machines, or public work. A uh, person qualified in a branch of engineering Okay, we'll ignore the second uh, definition, but the first one is the key. A person who designs, builds, or maintains engines, we're not talking about engines here, but the key words, who, a person who designs, builds, or maintains, right? So when you're engineering your business, one, you're designing your business, you're building your business, and then you're putting systems in place to maintain and sustain your business. So what you need to do is you need to figure out all your costs. Like now it all depends, like, right. Cause if you're going to get a loan, you're going to need a business plan. So of course they want to see everything on paper. They want to see the layout of your business. They want to see all the numbers and all this other stuff. These are things that you should be doing when you engineer your business, you need to figure out how much should your haircuts cost? in order for you to turn a profit. Because if you don't engineer the business, you'll just throw up a number and say, uh, we'll just charge 20. Ah, cool. All right. Yeah, yeah. We'll just charge 20. And then let's say six months into your business, you realize, okay, man, we weren't profitable at first because I was like, okay, maybe, you know, it took a little while for the business to take off. But now that it's taken off, we're still not as profitable as I thought because you didn't engineer the business you just threw a number at the wall and hoped it stick but if you would have engineered the business to realize okay yeah this is what i need to be making this type of profit this is what it's going to need for me to really turn a profit on this business with everything that we have in place all of the expenses and everything you do all the numbers and you put them against everything and then you figure out what you really need to do just like these uh these companies that like super cuts right they're pay they they pay their people hourly they don't just 
they don't just uh throw a number in the air and and, and say all right well we'll pay you ten dollars an hour no they engineer the business they know how much the expenses are. They know how much the rent costs. They know how much it costs to maintain all the products, how much it costs to start that business, the lights, all this stuff. So then they they factor all that in to how much that they should pay their employees, all the tax, all this stuff. They factor all that stuff in, and that determines how much you get paid. It isn't just one of those things where they're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping that it sticks. They're engineering the business. So I hope... Sadiq El, I hope that little brief explanation makes sense about engineering the business. Just like in, in food, like uh, McDonald's, Wendy's, whatever, whatever restaurant that you may know of locally, right? Successful ones, big ones. They engineer the business. They know how much the food cost is, right? Because if their food cost is too high, Yes, they still might be able to be profitable, but they could be much more profitable if they were to lower their food cost. Worry about payroll taxes, all these other things. If they were to just lower their food costs, geez, they could probably pay their employees more, right? Their, their employees might be underpaid because you didn't engineer your business for success. So I hope that makes sense. And it, it sounds like it does, Sadiq. So I'm glad you got that little uh, explanation. So Blurry Vision, he says, I'm always nervous to go inside an African-American barbershop. They're very intimidating. Nah, don't be afraid. Uh, you know, barbershops are barbershops. It's, it's a manly experience. There's a lot of testosterone in there. Any barbershop, I'm going to be honest, any barbershop can be intimidating because one, especially if you're a new patron, you're walking in, everyone's looking at you, you know, especially if you're talking about the barbers. I mean, like literally when, when, and I, I, I think this happens at just about every barbershop, right? When someone comes in, everyone's looking at you. So going into any barbershop can be intimidating because when you think about it, let's say there's 10, let's just say for a, give a round number, there's 10 barbers. You walk into the barbershop, there's at least 10 eyes on you, 10 pairs of eyes on you. Now, let's say they have customers. Each one of these barbers have customers in their chair. Now there's 20 pair of eyes on you as you open the door. That's just how it is. So, of course, that, that can be intimidating. I think it, that can be intimidating for anyone. Now, for you, like with the black thing, who knows? Maybe <laughs> maybe that's just some little insecurity that you have. But, but yeah, they're, they're, it's funny, too, with barbers and uh, people, they're like, oh, I don't want a black guy or, oh, I only want a Mexican guy to cut my hair or, oh, I only want a white guy to cut my hair. I've heard those stereotypes is borderline racist. I'm going to be honest, it's borderline racist. But I'm going to uh, be honest, too. If you feel comfortable just having a white person cut your hair, I'll tell you this. A white person can mess up your hair just as easy as a black person or a Mexican, an Indian, whatever whatever nationality, whatever race, they can easily mess up your hair just as bad. Just as if I walk into, let's say I'm bald, but let's say I walk into a, a black barbershop and I feel comfortable because they're black, don't know how to cut my hair and blah, blah, blah. A black person can easily mess up my hair just as, just 
as fast as the white guy, the Mexican, the Asian, the Indian guy. It just all comes down to experience and how good. The thing with me is I can cut everyone's hair equally as good. I have no qualms about cutting anyone's hair. So when you come get your hair cut by me, there's no worries whatsoever. And I mean, look, if you, I'm pretty sure, I mean, look, we're, we're barbers, right? Like everyone who's listening to this, we're all barbers, right? I'm sure you've probably seen my work on either on here or Instagram, and you could probably vouch that, yeah, I don't have these problems, but some barbers do. Um, my thing is this, it's tough find like blur I and mean, I'm I'm talking to blurry vision. It's tough finding a good barber. Like a I mean a good barber that that's really well one, well rounded, two, that will that's professional. Three, I mean that I can go on and on, but three, one that you can rely on, because barbers are so unreliable. I I oh my goodness. Like I said, one that you can rely on. And then two, well not two, but four one that's sanitary and clean it's hard to check all these boxes guys i'm telling you and, and for all the barbers that are listening you I'm, I'm sure like whatever shop you work in i'm sure you can vouch for me when i say this you probably have barbers that work in your shop that you look at and you're just like hmm. you're like man like because i say this myself to even some of the barbers that i work with and i'm just like man only if the customers knew better only if they knew better. I'm just saying this in my head because I don't want to sound like a hater, right? You know what I'm saying? If you try and be critical or give somebody some constructive criticism, they take it as hate. That's like automatic. Like, oh, why are you hating, dog? Like, no. No. It's a problem and I'm critiquing you. It's not hate. It's the truth. But it's hard as a customer, a barbershop customer, to find a barber that checks all those boxes. Now, look, every customer has different expectations and what they want. Like some customers just only want to get the cheapest price and they don't care where they get it and how they get it. You know, they just want to get their hair cut for super cheap. Now, the thing is, me being a barber, I know where I can recommend you to go. You can go to Supercuts. You can go to Great Clips. I know you can get a cheap price there. But the funny thing is they don't want to go there because they know they're, they're going to get their haircut, haircut uh, jacked up over there. They're not going to get the best haircut over there. So they want to come to you to get something cheaper. But th that's a whole nother tangent. I don't even want to get on cheap customers right now because that's a whole nother thing. Uh, blurry Visions. He's at, I'm, I'm actually going to get back to that question. Because I want to answer these Instagram questions because I would be I would feel very bad if I did not answer my Instagram questions because I told everyone, send me your questions and I'll answer them. So let me get to the next question. So ooh, I almost said his name. I don't want to I don't want to say anyone's name out of anonymity. So I like to especially when it comes to Instagram, because obviously no one can see their question but me on Instagram. But here in the YouTube, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna put your name behind it. But uh but on Instagram, he's asking, do you have medical insurance? If so, did you go about, oh, wait, did you go about setting up for that? I'm going to assume he means, he means, how do you go about setting up for that? I think maybe he, uh, yeah, 
anyway, but okay. So let me breeze through this question because wow, this the time flies so fast. Let me breeze through his question. To answer his first question, do I have medical insurance? Yes. Uh, and this, the second part was, if so, how did I go about setting that up? Now, me, I have it through my wife's job. So, like, me and the family, like, we're all on this thing. And But I will answer the question on how. Uh, it's very easy to get medical insurance. All you got to do is either go in either some office, if they have one, if you can find one, or just pick up a phone call. Pick up a phone, pick up a phone call. Pick up a phone and dial uh, dial one of the numbers to whatever, uh, health carrier, you know, there's so many out there. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to recommend anyone to you because that's totally up to you on who you choose because that the whole metal, it's a, I'm going to be honest, getting medical insurance. It, it's, I, it's a scam. I, I was trying to think of another word to describe it, but it's a scam because you pay a lot of money and they only give you this. Like, it's like, you, let's say you pay $400 a month in health insurance, right? But it only covers this and this. So if you need to go have an unexpected doctor visit, you still have to make, you may have to pay a little bit of here on top of this. Then it's like, oh, let's say you get, break your arm or something. Oh, they're only gonna, you gotta pay 20% of it. They'll cover 80, you know, and all this other crazy stuff. So it's like, you're paying all this money for this insurance. But it's like, what the what the hell? Are, what what am I paying for when I when I still have to leave this place with the bill after I go into the doctor for whatever reason? So, one, stay healthy. Health is wealth, guys. I'm t I can't explain that. <laughs> I cannot express that to you guys. Health is wealth, but stay healthy. It helps because one, you don't want to be in the doctor, and then two, especially if you don't have good health insurance, you're gonna end up paying. This, depending on what what it is, if it's like some injury or an illness, who I hope you have good insurance. And then some of them, depending on the illness, they may not even cover it. It's crazy. So let me go back. Let me open this question. The screen uh, timed out. All right. So yeah. So for you to go and set that up, like I said, just call, shop around. That's another thing. Uh, good thing I, I didn't go past this question without saying this. Shop around. Get different rates because they're, they're, they're so different, man. Like, it's going to be – it, and keep your head up because it's going to be frustrating going through all those different things, comparing all the rates and the charts, and they'll give you these little breakdowns and stuff, and you're, like, looking, comparing. It, I mean, it's it, – it can be a nightmare. But keep your head up and do this. One thing I'd like to say, too, is there are a few different things that you can do. Like, I don't know, because he's a barber, right? Not sure how much money you make, right? Because it's like, it's tricky, right? Because here's the thing. If you didn't know, come tax season, if you don't have medical insurance, you will, you will um, occur a tax penalty. Now, what's going to happen is, the 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 penalty the percent goes up every year. I'm not sure what the the penalty is at now, but this penalty slightly goes up every single year. So if you don't have medical insurance, and I think I can't remember the name of the, I think it's like a 1095T or something like that. If you don't have this to put in once once it's tax time, I think it's called a 1095T. 
you're going to occur a tax penalty. Now, here's the thing. Some people are willing to take the tax penalty by not having medical insurance. Now, those people are slightly taking a risk because, yes, you can here's the thing you can go do certain visits maybe checkups just pay out of pocket but the thing is it's like it's better to have it what well, is better to uh have it and not need it than needed and not have it if that makes sense to you guys because if you just take the penalty don't have medical insurance throughout the year but something goes wrong and let's say potentially something that would have been covered under your medical insurance would have been if you just would have had it. I know people that play that game. If you want to play that game, that's up to you, right? Because at the end of the day, there's money coming out, whether you occur the tax penalty or you just pay your medical insurance. Now there's, if, uh, if you talk to some of those uh, providers, they do offer medical insurance that's comparable to the tax penalty. So you actually have some medical insurances that's a little bit cheaper than the actual tax penalty just so you have medical coverage so you don't incur. And that's why I say it's a scam. Like medical insurance is a big scam. There's policies and out there that's like bare basic, like bare bones where it's cheaper than occurring the tax penalty. So it encourages you to get medical insurance and put money in their pocket. And it's just crazy. It's a real scam though. But it's up to you ultimately. So I'll leave that up to you. And also, uh, l- let me say this before I even, because I feel bad if I didn't mention this. Now that tax penalty, let me also explain this because I don't want to, I like to give you everything. Now that tax penalty, it only happens if you make a certain amount of money. Now, if you make a certain amount under whatever they require, Let's say let's say you make less than 40,000. So let's say the cutoff is 40,000. I don't know what it is because just as the the penalty the 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 percentage increase of the tax penalty goes up, the increase of where the cap is, that goes up as well each year. So I'm not sure where it is. You could I'm I'm sure you can go to uh your local accountant and they can give you all this information uh because they should know it's their job, right? But if you let's say forty thousand dollars a year is the is the cutoff, uh, and you make thirty eight thousand, right, and you don't have medical insurance, they can waive that fee because you fall under the cap. Now, if you make let's say fifty thousand dollars a year and the cap is forty, you're going to incur that penalty, and it's probably a couple grand. And just think, you being self employed, you're a barber, you. Um, um, self-employed, you're a barber, you're already having to pay tax, then you got to uh, pay that tax penalty on top of it. Now, look, if if any of you that are listening are not in the U.S., completely ignore what I'm just saying. This applies to people that are in the U.S., and I assume whoever wrote this was from the U.S., I hope. Okay, yeah, he is in the U.S. Okay, Whew. I would I would have felt bad if he, if this was a foreign guy asking me this question because I went off on this tangent <laughs> about this. But uh, let me go to the comments. So Blurry Vision, he uh, he was saying, "What do you think about man weaves?" I'm highly highly considering it. I think it's dope as far as the barbers to make money and things like that. 
it's a game changer. A lot of people are doing it. You'll be very surprised of how many barbers and customers are either wearing or dishing out man weaves. Now, me personally, I was actually trying to take a course earlier this year on how to do it. Uh, I'm not sure. It's a real popular guy on Instagram. He has like over 100,000 followers. He actually happened to be in Dallas giving someone a private class. And I hit him up because I found out he was going to be here. I was like, hey, man, you want to make some extra money? You know, me and someone else, I got someone else that's willing to do a class, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, yeah. The only thing that happened was we could not secure a venue. And I was totally upset because I'm actually trying to get into it myself. It's dope. It's a good way to make good money. You can make pretty much a typical barber's day's work with one haircut, one unit. Now, um, now for you, if you if that's what you want to do, if you want to do a man unit, dude, look, damn what everyone else thinks, man. Do what you want to do and do what makes you happy, right? If if you want to get hair plugs, do go and get hair plugs. If you want to wear a toupee, get a toupee. Do whatever makes you happy at the end of the day, right? It's all about your confidence, your self-esteem, your ego. You know what I'm saying? So if that makes you happy, if it's good for you, you know, um, these some of these man units, they're really good. Like you could sweat in them. You can get them wet and they, you know, won't fall off like a toupee or a little cheap whatever. You know what I'm saying? But they're pretty good. So, I mean, I hope that uh, answers your question. Sadiq L says, I ha- I only have a few clients. How do I build my clientele quick and fast? Oh, that's a tough question, man. That's a real tough question, Sadiq L. That- that's a question I'll probably have to answer another day. Or if you follow me on Instagram, I can give you some ideas, right? Because nothing is really foolproof. Because everyone's geographical location is different. You know, like you may not be in a big city like of Dallas like I am. You may be in a small town. Like, I don't, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you might suck as a barber, right? Who knows? You may be a good barber. I don't know. But it's something that we'd have to talk like behind the scenes. Because I like with that one, I could actually go 30 minutes into it and I don't because there's a lot of examples that I'd have to lay out. And I don't want to do that because I'd rather know who you are personally first. And then I'll give you uh, an answer. So um, unemployed Yamasaki says, uh, yeah, they do have man weaves, man. Yes. Male hair replacement. Yes, man. Yes, yes, yes. Blurry Vision says, would you ever lend your mannequin to a friend? I will refer you to last week's episode of the podcast, Blurry Vision. Go listen to last week's episode. Oh, speaking of last week's episode of the podcast, I am so upset at whoever listened to that podcast live. Whoever tuned in live last week to last week's podcast, shame on you because you guys did not tell me that the audio was trash. Now, if you go back and watch last week's or listen to it, you would notice that I didn't hook up the camera, right? Because I was like, oh, I don't really feel like hooking up the camera. I got a lot of stuff going on, blah, blah, blah. This is just a little bit easier, a little bit cozier. And I could just set up and every do everything a little bit quicker. Whatever, whatever, whatever. 
But this one, I did the same thing this week, but I made sure that I made sure that the microphone was hooked up. I hooked up the microphone last week, plugged everything in, but it I didn't go into the settings and switch it over, which means I was picking up onboard audio from the computer. And it was trash. I went back and posted it. I almost didn't even want to post it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor. I almost didn't want to post it. I actually almost wanted to delete it, but it was a good episode. So I say, go back and listen to, and look, get past the bad audio, go listen to last week's and, and you'll, you'll get your answer in that one. <laughs> I hate to, I hate to throw that at you and not give you a, a clear cut uh, answer to your question, but go back and listen to last week's episode. And Oh, while you're here, if any of you, ever hear the audio let's say some audio or video or something just off tell me please i'm not a guy with an ego i'm not a guy who's who's above myself if something's off tell me and i can easily fix it i have all this stuff i can make my voice sound funny i can echo 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 like all, all this crazy stuff like i can i can do all of this stuff here i have it at my beck and call I can, I can sound, sound crazy, crazy like this, this if I wanted, wanted to. to, but the thing is, tell me because I can fix it. If I would have known the audio was that bad, I could have easily fixed it last week. And last week's episode was so good. I was just, I felt so disappointed. I was like, oh my goodness, what is wrong with me? What is wrong? But he also says, because I all left left me hanging when i needed it oh okay okay i gotcha all right so let me go back to instagram because we got about 10 more minutes on this podcast let's see here what does he say all right so he says how do you set aside your taxes and budgets receiving money every day okay and oh guys please if any, like I'm, I'm, I cannot express this enough. If something ever sounds wacky, like please tell me because I've spent hundreds, maybe probably like thousands actually. I've spent thousands on equipment for this channel and things like that for you guys to have the best content that I can give you. So if something's off, trust me, it's not because I'm, I'm just cheap and I, I couldn't afford a good mic or I couldn't afford a good camera. No, I have good camera equipment. There's no excuse for something to be bad on my end. So I'm just letting you guys know that. So if I'm off my square, let me know if I'm off my square. But let me get back to this question. So he says, how do you set aside your taxes and budget receiving money every day? Now, here's the thing with money as far as like budgeting and blah, blah, blah. When it comes to this stuff like finance and money and stuff like this, it, it comes down to you being responsible and being disciplined. Being responsible and being disciplined. If you don't have the two, you're going to be in trouble when it comes to this money stuff and really a lot of other things too. Like if if you're not responsible and disciplined when it comes to women, like that can get you in trouble. If you're not responsible and disciplined when it comes to alcohol, you could be in trouble. Drugs, you, you can be in trouble. Exercise. If you're not responsible and disciplined with exercise, you can get yourself in trouble. Too much of something can be a bad thing. Now, when it comes to the money, if you're not responsible, meaning if you get money 
and then you just go out and buy a $500 watch. You get money. Then you go out to the club and, and buy a bottle for three to $500. That's not responsible. That's not being responsible. If you make, let's say, $500 on a Friday night cutting hair, and then you go to the mall and blow it all on shoes and outfits, that's not being responsible. Now, discipline. If you're not disciplined enough to sit a little money aside, every let's say every day, every week, every month, like whatever your, your plan is, if you don't have the discipline to do that, you're going to fail. If you're not disciplined to pay your bills on time, if you're not disciplined to know that, oh, tax time is coming. Oh, yeah, let me pay this bill. Oh, let me make sure I have my booth rent. Oh, let me make sure I have some, some booth rent just in case I fall behind. You're going to get yourself in trouble. Like these things are very important. Like you have to be responsible and disciplined. As a barber, being self-employed, you know when tax time comes, the beginning of the year, all the way up until April 15th. That's if they don't extend the tax day, right? You know that's coming. You know you need this money. Or you could pay your taxes quarterly or every month, like whatever. Like get an accountant and talk to them, you know, if, if you lack the discipline and do it that way. If paying it all in one lump sum at, at the, uh, well, not the end of the year, but beginning of the year isn't for you, pay your taxes quarterly. It may seem a little bit cheaper eventually, you know, if you break it down, it's, it's the same amount, but you can just pay a little bit. It won't, it will make you feel like you didn't take a big hit in the beginning of the, in the beginning of the year. Do this. And he also says in budgeting and receiving money every day. The thing is, you can't have that money burn a hole through your pocket. That's one of those things. Like when you when you get as much money as you can in barbering, because there's a lot of money to be made. You have to be disciplined and responsible. Just because you have money in your pocket doesn't mean that it needs to leave right away. You got to treat this like a job. It's not a hustle. It's not for play play. This is what you do to survive, provide for your family. So you got to think when you got money, let's say you make $400 right in a day, right? And at the end of the day, you're going to your car. You're like, man, I got $400. And think about, oh, I got kids at home. I got a wife at home. Oh, I got this bill due. Oh, we need groceries. No, that's not the time to be like, yo, let me, let me, let me go, go to the mall. Like, no. That's not the time. Like, no, that, that's not the time to say, oh, let me go stop by the bar. And I got this money in my pocket. It's itching for me to spend it. No, you have to be disciplined and responsible. These things go hand to hand when it comes to money. Because they say, you know, a fool in money will part ways every time. That's why you see these lottery winners. The, you, you hear those horror stories about people winning millions in the lottery and they go broke. Because a fool with money will part ways every time. You can't give someone, let's say, $30 million and they're an irresponsible 
person that doesn't have discipline, they're going to part ways with that money. They're, they don't know how to manage money. They don't know how to save. They don't know what to do with the money when they get it. And I, I tell you this, though. I am so glad that I never became a barber when I was younger in my 20s. I'm so glad that I just started barbering in my 30s. Because if I would have, I'm, I'm being totally honest, I would have been the stereotypical barber if I would have started barbering in my 20s, early 20s. I would have been the stereotypical barber. Spending the money, not saving, being irresponsible, going to the club at the weekend. Because I know myself. I'm honest. I know myself. I know I would have done these things. I I know it already. I know myself. I know my mentality when I was in my early to mid-20s. I, I just know it already. I know how that story goes. I know myself. Now, those things won't happen. It's not even a possibility. I'm not that stupid. The thing is, like, if I had some of the money I had in my 20s, well, now, meaning now, if I had some of that money I had in my 20s now with what I know now, it'd be a totally different story. So it's like now it's like, man, give me the money. Like, show me the, you know, Cuba Gooden, show me the money. Jerry Maguire, y'all remember that? Tom Cruise, Cuba Gooden Jr. Show me the money. How many of you guys remember that? But I'm just saying now, man, give me the money. I know exactly what to do with the money. But setting a budget, though, you got to be very, very disciplined. There are calculators out there for people that need to set a budget. Really, and with budgeting, really put your money in front of you. Like, really put your money out on paper and see how much money you have coming in, how much is going out. Really, that's the real thing is how much is going out. If you live beyond your means, you're going to lose every time. You can't spend more than you make. You can't. You may be able to get away with it in the beginning, but in the long run, you're going to bite it every time. It's just going to happen. You can't play that game and you can't live like that for a long time. It's 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 going to catch up with you every time. You might be able to get, get away with it for like maybe six months, maybe a year. But it's going to come back to bite you. And then you're going to have a, a lot deeper problems than you really bargained for living beyond your means. But set your money out in front of you. Look at all of your expenses and see what, what you actually have to pay every month. And you can say, wow, okay, I actually I have $3,000 that I have to pay out every month in bills. And you look at that and you're like, okay, so I, I at least have to make $3,000 every month. Now, how much more do I need to be comfortable? Let's say you'll be comfortable with 6000 So you... $3,000 in bills, and then $3,000 is to yourself. Now, the thing is, most people is like, wow, I got $3,000. Let me just go ham. No, a fool and money will part ways every time. You need to be disciplined with this money. Find something to do with this money. Invest, save. Even if you don't know how to invest, save your money, right? Because then it, it, at least if you save your money, you can let, go on later and invest your money into something. Because you can't invest with something that you don't have. Because if you don't have anything, you can't invest anything with, with zero. 
because if you talk to advisors or financial guys or people that have money, saving your money is cool. It's cool, but it's better to invest your money. Because that way you can start having your money work for you. You can have your money incur interest, things like this. You can, whatever type of investments that you get into or you want to get into, that's all different. You know, I would recommend talking to a financial advisor. They can, they can uh, advise and suggest you to do different things and diversify your money and put your money in a few different places. You know, you could take, and this is all up to you. You know, of course, this is your advisor. He's there to give you advice, but you can say, hey, screw you, buddy. I want to take all the all the high yield and high risk uh, uh, investment opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Put me in all those arenas and OK, you might do good and you may do bad. It's called high yield, uh, high risk. Or you can go into something that's um the yield is a little bit lower and the risk is lower, or maybe the, the yield is higher, but the risk is lower. This is what you want. Low risk, high yield. But the thing is, these, these are, these aren't things that you'll know just out of the blue. Like you have to know someone to plug you into this, whether you know, in a financial advisor, whether you have a financial advisor or, you know, some people that have invested and they're, they're plugged in and they, 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 throw you the wire and you can get, you know, stuff like that. But I would recommend talking to a financial advisor. And that's especially if you have money and these people are everywhere. If you look at some of those big investment firms, you can talk to uh, one of these guys. They, they, they have these guys like robots. They're, there's plenty of these guys and they can put you on the different investment ideas, strategies, things to set up your financial future. And these are things that I'm actually working towards for myself. So, I can already tell you that these things work. And especially with barbering, there's no, there's no uh, retirement. There's no pension. You have to do it yourself. Just like your social security, when you do your taxes every year, pay your social security tax, pay this because look, you know, if you live to the age of 65 and you don't, Sorry, I got up. Sorry. Um, if you live to the age of 65, hey, you can get this money, right? But if you're not paying and putting in on this man, you're not going to get any of it. Now, you cannot pay this or you can, right? It's better off that you do because then you can reap the reward of it later. That's if you live that long. And if you, it depends on who you talk to, if, if we still have it, right? So those are a few things with barbers and money. Look, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And here's another thing. I'd like to say this before I wrap this podcast up. If you look in the description of my videos, there is always a shop Amazon link. I know the holidays are upon us. Uh, Black Friday's coming up. Christmas is coming up. Everyone's spending money. Everyone's buying gifts. They want gifts, like whatever the case may be, birthdays, whatever. If you look in the link in the description of all of my videos, there is a shop Amazon link. If you use that link, that is if you shop on Amazon. And I'm pretty sure most people shop on Amazon because Amazon's huge. 
use my shop Amazon link. That actually helps me out. It, I get a commission off of whatever you buy. It is a legitimate link. It's not a scam. It's not Fugazi. It's, it's 100% real. Just like if you look in the description of my videos where I do haircut tutorials or product reviews, I'll actually link products where you can go on and buy them. Same thing with the shop Amazon link. You can copy and paste this link, share it with your family, friends, and they could all use this, this, uh, this link at their discretion and at their whim. Whenever they want, they can buy whatever. It doesn't matter. If you want to buy some rims, if you want to buy some bath soap, if you want to buy some speakers, you want to buy a computer, whatever the case, whatever the item, you can use the shop Amazon link in the description of all of my videos. So I appreciate everyone for watching. And I always say everyone who watches, I appreciate because everyone can show their appreciation in a different manner. Not everyone can hop on a live stream and donate me money, right? There's a super chat. Every time I do a live stream, the super chat's open. So if people want to donate money, that's cool. Like, and if you can't, if you can't afford to drop me a super chat, that's cool, right? You could thumb my video up, right? Smashing the like button, right? Sharing my videos. That helps. Leaving comments. That helps the channel. And that's another way you can show your appreciation. Using my Amazon affiliate link, that also helps because that actually helps me make some money here on YouTube and helps me keeping the channel going, helps me have you guys get good and better content because like i said i have thousands of dollars worth of equipment for youtube i have ring lights microphones i have sound boards like all, all this stuff like green screen like all this stuff so i can put out good content for you guys so that's the least you can do to help me smashing the like button commenting sharing the videos using my amazon affiliate link if you want to drop super chats that also helps all this stuff helps the channel and it helps me put out good content for you and i'm i'm really especially excited to tell you guys that i know the new year's coming i'm always trying to do like fun new cool stuff for the channel I'm dropping some really good, interesting content coming up. I have a lot of videos in the pipeline. I actually, this Friday, I'll be premiering the crop haircut that I did. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw the premiere for that on this channel. That will be dropping this Friday at noon. I think I will hope to be in the comments answering any questions like I did on the premiere of my last barbering video. Uh, if, Like I said, if you guys have any questions about the haircut, I'll be there. I hope that's if I'm not cutting hair, but I've got a lot of other videos. I just shot a video today. I shot another portion of another video today, and I'm also doing some other stuff. So I, I'm excited for all of the new stuff for the channel and upcoming videos. It's going to be fun. 2018 was great. 2019 is going to be that much better. Like the channel grew a whole bunch this year. If I look at where the channel was at the end of 2017 to where the channel is now, because literally, almost literally, a year ago to this time frame, I started to change the channel, introduce more content, do different things, and put more, put more attention into the content of this channel. So by me doing that, I saw the direct effect of it. I saw that wow, okay, the subscribers are actually growing. The views are going up. The YouTube paychecks are becoming more regular. I noticed this because I put the time and effort in 
and I, I saw what I was getting out of it. But in 2019, I want my numbers to double, if not triple, quadruple. What I, I wanted to amass what I was able to do this year, right? Because I hit a thousand subscribers, I think it was last year. That was ridiculous almost i don't think it was last year maybe it's the year before i'm not even sure but i want to reach a number that's much higher next year but i can't do that without you guys' help and also i have to help myself by putting out good content so that's my plan i plan on putting out good content and i've got a lot of good videos scheduled so you guys are in for a treat when it comes to that and all that good stuff. It's like, so if you like the channel for the, for whatever reason you watch the channel, if you watch it for barbering, if you watch it for MMA or other things that I do in the channel, you're going to be happy. That's all I'm going to say. You will be happy. And I, I highly recommend you share this with other barbers that you might know that they may find it interesting because I do a plethora of different barbering videos. I don't just do haircut tutorials because for me, that would be just boring if I were to just only do haircut tutorials on this channel. I like doing product reviews. I like doing the barber vlogs. If you haven't watched any of my vlogs, go watch my vlogs. I'm vlogging my journey and we're still in season one. I think we're at, ep- we were like five, four or five episodes in, I think five episodes. You can go catch up to the, to my vlog series. There's a playlist on the channel. I have playlists for all of my videos and you can go check the videos. See the ones you like, see ones that may be helpful for you, informative. I try and make all my videos informative and jam-packed, and that's my plan. I don't I don't think I'm going to stop there. I, I'll still continue to try and put out good videos like all the time, make sure the, they're good quality videos, very informative, timeless content. That's the, that's the goal, the main goal, like with every video I try. Like some videos aren't timeless. But I try to make sure every video has a timeless value where it's not just hot for the moment. It's, you can watch this video a year, two years later, and it's still relevant to anyone that is looking for this particular video. But go check out a lot of the other videos. The vlogs, they're fun. You get actually get to see the journey. I, I think in the first episode, I, I was starting uh barber instructor college then you know you see some of the progression to where now where i um i'm actually into the shop i think that was uh the last vlog i did was my first day in the shop and then also i met chris bazio that day as well so go check out the vlogs it's a lot of fun stuff on the channel but i appreciate you guys for watching i'm gonna get out of here It's been your man, I do a barber, signing out. I will holler.